0: Emily. Emily, did you know it's the new year? Emily, I'm. My name is Father Time. Oh, (laughs) where did Taylor go? Actually, you know what? I should actually sound like a baby, shouldn't I? Yeah.
1: Fuck. Because we started the new year. We're not Uh, at the end. Oh. Hey, I'm the baby New Year. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Emily. Emma, <laughs> oh boy. Emily, how are you feeling about 2019 so far?
1: <laughs> so far kind of sucks, but like, <laughs> that's fine. Sure.
0: I mean, it's only been three
1: days. <laughs> fine. I was
0: hung over for one of them. So that's, <laughs> that's how you start that. So last year, we were doing an episode about cults because yeah. of a silly joke we had on New Year's Eve. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't have anything uh, that cool this year. <laughs> no. But, but uh, how was the rest of the party that I was not able to attend all of? It was good. It yeah. was good. Fun times. Yeah. Did you take shots of things you shouldn't have? I did not. Oh, damn it. We're old Kat now. Cat did. Good.
1: Well, it was her. Birthday. It was her birthday. <laughs> yeah. So fair. Yeah. No, I did try dill pickle chips. Oh, how were those for you? I still haven't decided. Yet. Sure.
0: For me, I like them a lot, but they're the kind that like hurts your fucking tongue,
1: like three think, chips in. I think I would like them if I was shit faced. Oh, yeah. Because I only like pickles mm-hmm. when I'm really, really, really drunk and I like crunchy pickles. Oh, yeah, dude. It's all so about that crunch. I can skip the pickles and just do the chips. Yeah. Have you had those Lay's? They're
0: not potato chips, but they're t- they're like potato puffs, and they're yeah. like they look like a little football. Yeah, they're fucking incredible. Yes, I was very drunk, and we like got home, <laughs> and we were I was I ate a whole bag of those. They are they are incredible. <laughs> they're so good. So that was that's been my twenty nineteen so far, as I discovered a new chip like substance. Nice. And I'm very into. Yeah. So it's our uh, our non true crime ep. To start out the year. Yeah. And um, I don't know uh, of the two things you posted, uh, really gross or literally your worst nightmare. I don't know which one you chose. (laughs) Um, It's going to be a surprise. That's good. That's good. Um, To be keeping with it, uh, I I chose one that is kind of my worst nightmare. It's not it's not a wall of water coming towards you. We've talked about that. That's yeah. both our nightmares. Yeah. So especially is, one that's taller than the Empire State Building. Right. Like, this is like the opposite of that, and ooh, yet still horrible. And we'll see. Fire? If you, yeah. Oh, literal opposite. Okay, right? let's do this. Yeah, I think I go first this time, yeah, so we can do. get right
1: fucking into yeah. it. Hell I'm yeah, hell yeah. Flip my surprise over. Yes. I think I have the words on the first page. Ooh, like, I have not looked. I I love a surprise. <laughs> All I don't right. know about that. Stay tuned.
0: <laughs> fuck, okay. fuck, fuck. It's probably the gross one, isn't it? God damn it. <laughs> so tell us. Tell
1: us about the fire.
0: <laughs> God, fuck. Okay. Okay. So this uh-oh at 40 of, the, of 2019, the first one, we're going to talk about the 1993 eruption of Galeris. Oh. Yes. So some background on what the fuck I just said. <laughs> I heard eruption. Yes, that might tell you something. Galaris is a volcanic mountain. Ah! Ha <laughs> ha! Which sits just outside of the city of Pasto, which is the department capital of Narino in Colombia. Not to be confused with pasta. Rice, right. Rice? Pasta? <laughs> what? Who. <laughs> What? Starches? Carbs? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, I don't know anymore. I guess Colombia, the way we have states, or like Canada has provinces, they have departments. So like, Narino ha- is a department of Colombia. This is according to Wikipedia. Either way, this shit's in Colombia. Galeris is considered one of the most active volcanoes in Colombia. Like, to this day, like right now. According to carbon dating records, it's gone off like two to three times every century for like ever, forever into like BCE stuff. Um, but because we, you know, we started being able to figure out volcanoes a little better uh, in like the 19th, 20th centuries, we know a little bit more about what it did in the 20th century. And I'll tell you what it did. It went off in... 1923, 1924, 1932, 1936, 1947, 1950, 1974, 1989, 1990, 1992, and 1993. And then a bunch more times in the 21st century. It's a very, very active boy. Hmm. Yes. And it's not one of those ones where, like, they can kind of predict it. Like, it goes off every four years or something like that. This one's very, like, all over the place. It's had some really bigger options. It's had some smaller ones. It's great. So in 1991 because it's all crazy. Galeras was named one of 16 decade volcanoes which was part of the UN's International Decade for Natural Disaster Reduction.
1: So so here's here's my question. Uh-huh. The UN, which we all know, I am a super big fan of. I know, right? <laughs> that was a lie for anyone who new. <laughs> yeah, it's a total <laughs> lie. Made a natural disaster re- Production. Yeah. Case, like how So in the in the nineties it seems someone just go out there and it's just gonna yell at the volcano and say, Stop it. <laughs> Stop I, it, George. It does
0: seem kind of silly. I think what they were trying to do was discuss take all the different kinds of natural disasters that you might have some warning on and figure out how they can get better at predicting them. Things like tsunamis and volcanoes. So that you could evacuate people and prevent loss of life. I think that's all it really was. Because yeah, you can't stop (laughs) one of those things from happening. But if we can predict it, we might be able to save some people. well, that mental picture is kind of funny. Yeah, I know. Like it's just like a circle of UN members like around a volcano chanting, "Yes, (laughs) please don't do so." No hot rain. No, please, no hot rain for at least a couple years. Come on. (laughs) The International Association, uh, this is a mouthful. The International Association of Volcanology and Chemistry of the Earth's Interior, or. Holy shit. The IAVCEI, which is not helpful or better. Avicii. Avicii. Deemed this mountain, uh, Galaris, worthy of study because it had gone off 30 times in the last 500 years. And because it is right outside of the city of Pasto. So about 400,000 people in total sit in like the shadow of this mountain at all times. They Hmm. just live there. So they were like, yeah, we're going to put that on the list. So like this also sucks because many volcanoes in Europe, the U S Japan, like we watch our volcanoes like really well. Yeah. (laughs) We've, you know, we have the training and the technology and the equipment to watch for seismic activity in these areas. And unfortunately, at least at the time in the early 90s, Colombia did not have that. Their scientists didn't have always the training or the equipment to really like know when shit was going to go down. So in 1993, over 90 scientists from all over the world gathered in Pasto for a decade volcano conference. So they're talking about Galera, they're talking about a bunch of other ones, how they can do a better job predicting when they're going to go off, have evacuation plans, all that good shit. So uh, the highlight of this conference...
1: Was the volcano going off?
0: Was it? <laughs> sort of. Okay, <laughs> let me get there. <laughs> so the highlight of this conference uh, was an expedition into the crater... oh at the summit of Galaris, 9,000 like feet. idea. Yeah, it seems like a really good idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, now, the volcano is erratic. Everybody knows that. But it had just erupted six months ago in July of 1992. And since then, seismic activity had been relatively quiet. So they're like, we got time. This thing never erupts within six months of itself.
1: Never say
0: never. Literally never say never. They figured they were safe. And Emily, from your tone, I'm guessing you don't think that they were safe.
1: Mm, um well i'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a guess and say no,
0: yeah, I am telling the story on this podcast, yeah,
1: so fair warning, I guess, just karma for the name of their organization. <laughs> That volcano is like, no, you don't get to bring that shit up in here. Uh, that's too many letters. That's way too many letters. <laughs> you think you can predict me? <laughs> I'll show you prediction. <laughs> get fucked. We need to stop making natural disaster sentient. <laughs>
0: we literally can't not. This one is definitely like... Angry. He's from the streets. He's been around. He's like, fuck you, scientists. <laughs> Try, trying to predict my shit. <laughs> So, this part I just called, let's do this. Oh. (laughs) So, this expedition was on January 14th, 1993, and it was led by a man named Stanley Williams. Hmm. He was a professor of geology at Arizona State University. He was, like, the head of this the part of the scientists that came specifically from America. So he was sort of their leader. And so he led a group of 13 scientists and engineers, as well as three tourists to the top of the volcano for science, science. So this group included world renowned volcanologists from all over, including Igor Menylov from Russia and several Colombian scientists And then the tourists are like the Colombian scientists' friends. (laughs) Sure. They're just like, Like, yeah. yeah,
1: We're in the area. Sure. Come on up. See some cool shit. Yeah, for sure.
0: So the scientists get to the summit. They spend a few hours gathering chemical and gravitational evidence inside the, what they call the cone of the volcano. So I guess it's like, there's like a crater sort of looking thing at the top. There's like a flat surface inside of that. It looks like a little bowl inside the volcano, basically. You're not in it, but you're... In the part that blasts close. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then there's this big lip. So are they on like the very top of the volcano? Yeah, so, so like you have to ascend to the summit and then go back down into yeah. the crater. Yeah. yeah. So some of them are sort of on that lip. That's a good, that's a better place to be, uh-huh. I think. Some of them are definitely straight up in the crater. Yeah, that's not a good place to be. Well, like I guess like gravitational evidence is a big deal because like I think that's the way they can tell if the pressure is changing is if there are gravitational I mean, changes I, around the volcano. So I they're down there. I have a friend
1: who's a geologist who's climbed the active volcano. He yeah, went to right. Iceland and he was very excited. He's like, I climbed a active volcano. I'm like, what the fuck did you just do? Right. <laughs> well, there's Which some... didn't uh, erupt it like two weeks after he left. Woof. Um, I mean, and uh, so they yeah, have to do it. like a bunch of shit that they study, and it's very exciting if you're into it. Yeah. And like, he geeks yeah. out, and it's very adorable. It's,
0: it's pretty rad, and I, I think they really do have
1: to be there to, yeah.
0: to get yeah. those readings. Yeah. You can't just like do it from afar. Nope. So they're doing it. Gotta to touch the rocks. You gotta touch those rocks. You gotta <laughs> ask them. How their dick do? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Rock, how your dick do? He really he. (laughs) He really he. (laughs) So by 1.40 p.m., it was time to pack up and head back with what they had. So Stanley Williams, again, the guy who's leading the expedition, he was standing sort of near the eastern rim of the crater. He's still sort of on the slope. He's headed toward the lip, preparing to leave, and he's talking down In the crater to his fellow scientists, and this is a quote from Stanley. Oh, God. I was talking to them about what they were doing and whether they were pleased with the data. Igor stood there smoking. This is the Russian guy. He was going to climb up to me. And that is when the ground in the crater began to heave. Uh They said it was like really sudden, like the rocks around the rim started to tumble down into the hole slowly at first and then in like huge cascades and then the fucking ground opened up around them. So Williams reportedly shouted down to those still left in the crater, hurry up, get out. But it was too late. A huge sound like rolling thunder the earth cracks beneath them and the volcano just done erupted the whole damn way and do like the, all of it all at once. Wow. Very fast. So you might have some ideas about what it's like to be there in the volcano. Not when good. When the volcano erupts. Yeah. It's
1: not a good way to die. No. It, I, I mean, Googled it once at like two 30 in the morning when I couldn't sleep. <laughs> it doesn't seem it's, great. It's not. and.
0: I mean, like, yeah, you uh, hear some buzzwords. Hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Rocks, ash, fire. Yeah. It's all very bad. Um, you don't sink into it the way you think you would. No,
0: no, because no. the blast is up and yeah. outward, and it's very hot. It's <laughs> very hot. So I'll tell you, there were people stationed at different parts of this thing, and what happened to them was all different based on where they were. So a Colombian scientist named Nestor Garcia and Igor were down right there, right Mm. there in the middle of the fucking crater as low down as you could be. And, uh, They were both never found. Nothing. They were vaporized. I mean, it's instantly. Yeah. Like, there's nothing. Of the ways to, like, dispose of a body, (laughs) stick it in a volcano, my dude, in a volcano.
1: (laughs) Like an active volcano, not a
0: dormant, like, sleepy boy. They will not find a tooth. They got nothing. Those people were. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they were there and then they weren't there. Um, several others who were too close to the crater on the western side, opposite from where Stanley stood, were also just obliterated. Their names were Jeff Brown and Fernando Cuenca. Um, they only found the charred and black torso of a Carlos Trujillo of Colombia. He was a little further up, but still just like got blasted by that yeah. wave of heat. So it wasn't much better on the eastern edge of the crater either. This is uh, where Stanley was. There was also a man named Ho- uh, Jose Arles, um, and the three tourists were all sort of nearby. They tried to run. They were pummeled by flaming rocks coming at them from all the ways. Some of them were white hot. Another guy describes them as being as large as TVs. Oh, imagine, my God. Imagine TVs in the 90s.
1: On fire. On
0: fire. White hot and also smaller rocks flying at you as fast as bullets. Yeah. So these people are basically gunned down by rocks. Yep. And they, they all died. All Isn't four of nature them. beautiful? Yes. It's just wonderful and powerful, and we, we should all be much more afraid than we are. Um, so that leaves sort of Stanley over here. Yeah. And as for Stanley, he says, I said to myself, I don't want to die. I don't want to lose my wife and kids. I turned and ran as fast as I could. I didn't make it very far, only about 20 meters below the rim. So he's like getting to the lip, but he's still a ways away. And Stanley was hit in the head with a rock the size of an orange and it, it sent fragments of his skull deep into his brain. So he's pretty fucked there. He does yeah. not immediately lose consciousness, mm. w- which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um... More rocks are falling around him, Um, and eventually his legs get pummeled so hard that both of them are broken. Yeah. Both of his legs break, and he's lying there, and he gets behind this one big rock, trying to sort of steady himself. He is there... With rocks flying over the, over the place and then things settling for about an hour. And then there's another, like, s- like smaller, shockwavy-type eruption. And he's there for another hour, trying to, like, roll himself to avoid things that he sees coming. <laughs> and, like, still just getting the shit kicked out of yeah. him bodily. So he's there for a total of about two hours.
1: Whoa.
0: It is garbage, straight garbage. Um... And then things slowly start to settle down. I mean, eruptions are long. Like, the ash is still, like, pouring into the air, but the rocks... It's got phases. Yeah, the initial, like, explosion outward is more or less over. And he hears voices in the distance. So it's two women, Stanley's colleagues, uh, Marta Lucia Covichet and Patty Moths. <laughs> Just... <laughs> One of them is from Colombia and one of them is American. Can you tell? (laughs) They came down with a stretcher. They must have just seen him from over the lip and were like, Oh fuck. So they come down with a stretcher and they haul him up over the lip, lip of the crater. And then like down to as close to safety as they could get. Stanley was flown by helicopter to a hospital in Pasto and then transferred to one in Phoenix, Arizona. He, Marta, Patty, and a man named Andrew McFarlane, who suffered only a broken foot because he was just like in a good spot, yeah we're among the seven people who survived the eruption, so sixteen go in, six scientists and the three tourists die, and the rest of them come out like bruised or broken limbs, Beaten that sort up, of thing all yeah the
1: hell
0: for sure, and I'm sure some of the, mm. not all of them were even close to the crater. I think some of them were just on various yeah. parts of the volcano, lucky them so yeah, there was a bit of controversy after that I bet yeah, it wasn't uh great. Uh, six people, including, like, world-renowned, important volcanologists who spent their lives studying this shit are dead. It's not good. So since the eruption, there have been, like, multiple accounts of that day in print, including Stanley's own account called Surviving Galeris. There was also one called No Apparent Danger by a woman named Victoria Bruce. She was, like, a grad student at the time. And Bruce and other people in the volcanology community blame Stanley for what happened. They're like, there were small seismic readings ahead of time. There were things you could have looked at. You didn't put, you, nobody had any safety gear on. You didn't have an evacuation plan. You just walked up there and thought everything was going to be fine. And you didn't take the necessary precautions. So this is what Stanley says to that. <laughs> He's a bit of a curmudgeon. People don't like him in the community because of his attitude either. He's just kind of like a douche. <laughs> okay. I'm 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 a little bit on the fence about how to feel about it. This is what Stanley Hindsight says. Hindsight
1: is 2020.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So um Stanley says, I was very careful to include some of the world's experts on volcanic earthquakes. In meetings we had, we talked to each other. We looked at the records in the days before the fatal eruption. Several different people uh, had talked about the activity of Galeras to Colombian scientists who had lived there for 25 years. Even if we'd been crazy and refused to listen to their warnings, would they have allowed their close friends to go into this ridiculously dangerous place on that day? It's true that colombian scientists who had lived in the area let their friends come with them so it's clear that also like even people who live there and know that volcano didn't think it was that dangerous
1: but it's unpredictable yes
0: yeah so it's like there's a there's a lot there yeah he also said that like even if they had gathered evidence there at the time that there might be an eruption there was no way for them they can't like analyze that evidence while they're doing it yeah they would have to send it even back to the U.S. The Col- the Colombians didn't even have ways of analyzing it. So, like, what they were doing wouldn't have even helped them predict what was going to happen. Stanley does now wear a hard hat on site whenever he's at a volcano. Given that that might have saved him his very traumatic brain injury. Mm. That is probably a good call. Yeah. It's probably good if if, at the very least, they all had hard hats. Like... At it least. wouldn't have
1: saved some of them.
0: Absolutely. Huh? That's another thing they said like what was an evacuation plan going to do? It was it that was so fast. fast. Yeah. It was, you know, a few seconds what were yeah. they really going to No. Absolutely. So again, Stanley is still a controversial figure. He at first allowed this is one thing that kind of sucks, but he's he's talked about it since and sort of apologize. at first he allowed the media to portray him as the sole survivor of the incident.
1: Oh, that's when, a dick move. Yeah,
0: when there were like six other people who survived. Yeah. He, I think he considered himself like, I'm the only one in the fucking crater who survived. Sure. Fair. Okay. Uh, but...
1: Not, he's not the He's not the only <laughs> one, yeah. you the only survivor, period. Right.
0: And like I said, he was also just accused of kind of being a jackass to his fellow colleagues about various things over his career, whatever. Um, he did say, you know, he doesn't really know why he allowed the media to say that, why he didn't correct it. He felt like the fame inflated his ego some. And he feels that, at least in 2001, when I uh, read the article from, like from him, quoting him on this. He says he feels like all his days are really self-focused because his health is really shitty. Yeah. He had an orange-sized crater in his head. Yeah. And uh, he take, at the time, he was taking 20 pills a day. He was like, I saw three physicians this week. This is all I do is care about myself and how I'm feeling. So Yeah, I-
1: TBI protocol, it's a lot, and it's basically never-ending. You kind of have to get yourself out of the cycle because... You're going to be stuck in it. Right. Yeah. So I think like he just got really in like he's got really self-centered and he even admits that just because yeah. like he, he had to for his health. Well, they also, TBIs can change your personality. Oh, I believe. Completely yeah. and totally. Mm-hmm. Um, You can have someone who is really sweet and then. They suffer a brain injury. Right. And all of a sudden they're assholes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I didn't read for sure if he was like an asshole only after or always or like if there was marked difference. Yeah. But you could see why, like, yeah, he's got an injury to his brain. He's not thinking super clearly. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot you can say about Stanley on either side. Clearly, I think there's still, you know, he's still kind of a controversial figure. It's interesting. Yes. So, years later, in conclusion, Hmm. Stanley would return to Galaris. He actually tried to go back a while before, um, and an eruption stopped him from being able to go. <laughs> <laughs> but he did get there and he stood in the crater again. But he could only stay for about two hours. He he didn't really say the whole like time span. He was like, I gotta go. Um But he this is a quote from him. He said, I wanted to go back there. I wanted to go back and stand on that spot and think about Igor smiling. Jeff waving at me, me just explaining to the tourists what was going on, and a minute later, everyone died. I don't have any sense of guilt for their deaths, but I miss them. It's a very sad thing. So yeah, that is Stanley Williams and the eruption of Galeras in 1993. It's some real shit. Wow. Like I, in a way, I'm I'm really glad he doesn't just like blame himself outright. That would be a really shitty way to live the rest of your life. But. Yeah. Oofa doofa. So yeah, don't go buy volcanoes. Yeah. Stop it. I I haven't read, but I really hope that we've gotten better, like all around the world, at predicting that
1: shit. And. Um, I think so. I mean, technology has gotten better for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, before you were literally just reading graph lines on paper. Right. And, and praying it was accurate. Uh-huh.
0: I'd love to know if this like decade of natural disaster reduction helped forward that technology. Like what really happened between yeah. the... I mean, my friend is still pretty hands on with rocks. So I mean, but he's a geologist. They love rocks. Isn't that their whole thing? They just they rock boys. He
1: does really love
0: rocks. Guess what his favorite type of Pokemon is. It's, it's rock type. <laughs> <laughs> Are we about to talk about something gross? Should I be worried? I
1: just want to know. Well, <laughs> I didn't. It does still involve water. Okay. Okay. Just it's not okay. the most terrifying thing I can ever think of because I physically can't imagine what it looks like. Wall- a like, giant wall of water. Wall of water. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't want to think about it. <laughs> it's the worst so thing ever.
1: This is equally terrifying just on a much smaller scale. Great. We're going to talk about Amy Copeland. Hello, Amy. It's May 1st, 2012. She had gone to her coworker's house with another friend because she'd finished classes for the semester at the University of West Georgia in Carleton, or Mm -hmm. Carrollton, sorry. And she was working on her first master's degree in psychology. Lovely. Good for her. They'd put on swimsuits. It was a beautiful day. We're in Georgia. Of course, there's a creek out back. Oh, sure. I don't like this already. And it was a house that her her coworker was renting, and it had a zipline. Oh, that's sick. It was so... a homemade zipline. Okay. Well, okay. A little scarier, but... First time through, nothing goes wrong. Oh, no. Second time through, the zipline breaks... And she's thrown onto the rocks in the creek, and up cutting her left leg pretty badly. Ouchie. Oh she ends no. up going to the hospital. Oh, no. She gets 22 staples.
0: Ow! Oh, that's really yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. They gotta to staple close your the muscles back together. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, oh, shit. And she carried on with her life. Cool. The end. Yeah, right. Fuck you. JK! Uh-huh. Few days after the injury, she knew something wasn't right. Mmm. So over the next two days, she goes to the doctors complaining of severe pain. They give her painkillers, antibiotics, and they do an MRI. But instead of getting better with all of the new drugs, the pain started feeling like it was moving to different parts of her body. Ooh, Which isn't good. No, that sounds awful. Then on the third morning... She woke up and discovered her entire left leg looked like it was rotting. <gasps> oh! It was purple to her hip. That just happened overnight. Oh my god! She couldn't speak. What? She felt like she was dying, and she couldn't walk.
0: It's like waking up with sleep paralysis, yeah. except you really have para- you really
1: paralyzed. Literally managed to say to her boyfriend, "I think I'm dying." Oh my god! And he got her to the hospital dang. He, like, didn't he, call he picked her up shit. and fucking ran. They were
0: like, we don't have insurance, baby. We do not baby. have time. I'm not calling we don't have an time ambulance. an ambulance.
1: <laughs> this is Georgia. <laughs> Who knows
0: how long we are we'll not time. doing this on Southern Time.
1: <laughs> Doctors ended up diagnosing her with necrotizing fasciitis. Oh, God. Which is not good. Um,
0: Yeah, no, isn't that where your skin and all your shit is dying? Like, Yep, it's a, whole a flesh-eating bacteria. Yuck!
1: Yuck, 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 yuck.
0: Huh. <laughs> Sorry, this is worse for me than I thought. <laughs> yep.
1: Um, specifically the strain she got was Aromonas hydrophila, which more commonly causes diarrhea in swimmers who swallow contaminated water. But so like didn't... you go swimming in a river and you get the shits. Right. But she didn't swallow it. She didn't swallow she it. She got it in her grossy yep. wound. Yep. Oh no. Um very rarely it can cause necrotizing fasciitis. If it enters an open wound. Hmm. Um, The infection wasn't responding to antibiotics. Fuck. And it was killing her. Some quick facts about it. About the grossness? Yeah. No, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, I don't want to. What if I said no?
0: Too late. (laughs) Damn
1: it. I took the time writing it out. You have to hear it. So obviously it's very serious. It can kill people. It does kill people. It kills most people um it requires crazy antibiotics dude yeah and potentially surgery as like the first lines of defense huh what like remove that whole leg yeah get it the fuck out of yep. there cuz it spreads it goes yeah. through the tissue and it's eating the tissue and it's going down like into the bone and you've got to i can't believe basically fast. do some civil war med like medicine yeah. amputate and cut it above where it's spreading oh yeah because uh, it sits in the tissue and in like your skin and the fat, it doesn't like travel through the blood, oh, so it spreads.
0: It and literally it just spreads up, like over areas that as are it close goes. to each yep. other.
1: Like, is it?
0: Is, I wonder if that's better or worse than spreading through the blood.
1: Um, I mean, it's better in that they can still combat it. If it was in your blood, I suppose if, if they'd be if like, it's You're in fucked. Your blood, you're dead." It's, it's everywhere. Basically, Ebola. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um. So. It's not really, there's aren't statistics on how many people contract this every year. Although a quick Google search is like, it's picking up pace. Oh no. Like more people got it in 2018 than like years before. Um, so the CDC says it tracks necrotizing fasciitis. Good. Um, from only the most common bacterial cause, which is strep type A. Oh, okay. And that usually results in about 700 to um, 1,100 cases every year. So is that like... And that's just one type. When you get strep throat, is yeah, that a type... Yeah, it can be in your... Yeah. Is that strep type A? Do no. Do we know? Okay. No, I don't think that's strep type A, but it's in that family of the okay. streptococcus. So it could, like,
0: if you have that, it just could become necrotizing fasciitis. Yeah. Okay. Fucked up.
1: So, again antibiotics yeah because they have to work fast to try Mm -hmm. and get it under control um but with the antibiotics it sometimes can't reach all of the infected areas because the bacteria killed too much of the tissue so there's no blood flow to that area oh fuck okay um so then they do have to do the surgery uh let's see it can lead to sepsis which is not good I suppose um, if it spreads up into your organy area, yep. that's pretty bad. Yep. And there's a great podcast called Medical Stuff. Oh, I bet it's nasty. It's got a whole episode on sepsis. Nice. Along with shock, which can be caused by necrotizing fasciitis. As well as organ failure. That that's the stuff that'll kill you. Yeah. All of it. Everything yeah. you just said. Yep. <laughs> Even with treatment. Usually one in three people will die from the infection. Six out of every ten people who get both necrotizing fasciitis and then go into shock oh. will die from the infection. Yeah. Um, and streptococcal toxic shock syndrome is one of the complications that can come from a strep A as well. The thing that you get when you leave your tampon in too long? I think so, yeah.
0: Because I always, yeah, that's why they're like, you can't, you got to take that thing out because yeah. you'll get toxic shock. Yeah. I never knew why. I was like, is it like your icky it's old It's bad. Blood? <laughs>
1: yes. So it can cause your body to go into shock, which means your, your blood pressure drops oh, fuck. and basically your organs start shutting down because it starts prioritizing your heart and your brain. Right. Everything else shuts down.
0: It's interesting that it does that. It's like, I'm
1: prioritizing
0: these two things, but it
1: will kill you that I'm shutting down yeah, the rest of them. Yeah, everything else. But like, hey, you brain need is going to be cool for a little while. Shut down my
0: pancreas for like 10 minutes, then move over, shut down my kidneys for like 10 minutes. Rotate. Rotate. Uh, I need all of those. Do you understand? That's why I have them. <laughs> I just wish our bodies were a little better at this. Yeah. <laughs> they do so, their best.
1: Amy was airlifted to a hospital in Augusta, Georgia they needed to take her to a bigger hospital (laughs) yeah with a big boy's play sure doctors told her her organs were starting to fail they immediately asked for permission to amputate her left leg and to Uh basically do surgery on part of her abdomen because it had spread that far oh god um, so I quote, would have been like, take the leg as soon as
0: anybody mentioned it. I would have been like, get the. It's not even my leg anymore. Here's
1: the thing. Here's a quote from Amy. All my vital organs were also failing. I coded simply by being moved from the structure to the table Oh Christ. and had to be resuscitated. Oh my God. It was bad. It was really bad. So she doesn't remember anything really from the point of being moved to the initial surgery. Um, she was on life support. And coming in and out of consciousness. Oh, no. Yeah. On a respirator, full-time dialysis. Like, they were going ham oh my on God. trying to keep her alive. Mm-hmm. Three days after her amputation of her leg, um, the doctor told her parents that her chances of survival were pretty fucking slim. Dang. Um, her parents also said that every time she woke up, she asked them where she was, how she got there. She had no memories staying so they had to go through it every single time she woke up oh god awful yeah um the first thing she like solidly solidly remembers is waking up a few days after losing her leg her dad was sitting next to her in the hospital room took her hands into his own and held them up so she could see them they were now a dark purple and like black and curled and looking really unrecognizable oh god and it was because of the antibiotics what? The drugs she was taking are called vasopressors. They they tighten the blood vessels to raise her blood pressure to stop her from going into shock. So her circulation is like cut off of like so, fingers yeah. and stuff? Yep, and it starts from the fingers oh. in. So, so the thing
0: that they're using to save her looks like the thing that was killing her. Like, Well,
1: she only lost a leg to the disease, but she ended up having to get her other foot... And both hands amputated.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, because I mean, they, they cut off blood flow to yep. those things. Yeah. Is there any other way to do it, though? <laughs> like, no, because there was such a
1: high risk of infection mm-hmm. because they were dying that they had to go. Jesus. Um, her dad, this was a quote from her dad Amy, these hands are not healthy. They are hampering your progress. The doctors want to amputate them and your foot today to assure your best possible chance of survival. Her response? Let's do this. Nice. I can't believe that she's still her own.
0: She wanted to live. They need her permission, though? Yeah, because she's conscious.
1: Because she doesn't even remember what happened. You would think at some point somebody Uh else would be calling the fucking shots. But she's also, you have to remember, she's in grad school. She probably doesn't have a power of attorney set up. I guess, but doesn't that go to your parents once they're like, she doesn't know what's going on? I don't think so after she's 18. Shit, there's
0: legal ramifications, and she's not married. She has a boyfriend. Yep, my so like they're waiting for her to wake up so they can be like, by the way, can we have your hands (laughs) now and
1: your foot? Yeah, we're gonna need all of it. Yep, (laughs) like Jesus Christ. So during surgery, she was obviously given a lot of painkillers, and it wasn't really until all of the medication started wearing off and she started physical therapy. That it all sunk in oh, of everything she had lost. Well,
0: she's not dying anymore. She's no. like actively dying. She
1: had to relearn how to feed herself, oh, yeah. how to brush her teeth, get dressed. And it, it was kind of that moment where it clicked that's like, oh, my God, this is going to be the rest of my life. Right. Um, but she was super determined. Awesome. And she had a very supportive community around her. She went through 51 days of rehabilitation in a specific program at the Shepherd Center in Atlanta where she was literally just working on rebuilding her strength. Well, yeah. She spent hours learning how to get in and out of her wheelchair and then eventually was fitted with the prosthetics. Once just, everything had healed. And Sure, yeah. Yeah. And eventually she learned how to cook There's a quote that she's like, she's like, eventually I was making brownies and jewelry. So, you know. Jewelry? Jewelry. That's fucking awesome. Yes. So by August of 2012, after months of super painful rehab, she moved back in with her parents. Um, A home builder actually donated a renovation to the house. So it had ramps and more space and other features needed to meet the criteria she now fell into for what she needed in the house. That's good. And they'd actually given her like super advanced prosthetics. Um, she'd started with the hooks to kind of learn how to use them. And, sure. But eventually it turned into ones that actually responded to like her nerve. Oh, wow. And inspiring and like would do certain commands of like fingers moving and do gripping and things. they like fingers then? Yeah. And then can, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, she stayed with her parents... For a little while, but she hadn't lived at home for a really long time. She was like a full-grown adult lady. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she had stopped talking to her boyfriend. I was just going to ask this, about her boyfriend. And they ended up breaking up because it was a lot, and apparently he didn't handle it well mm. either.
0: Well I mean, it's really scary, and you, you want – to be like that this person like stood next to them they were perfect but it's like some people just didn't sign up for that shit like well like she
1: was also like super physically active like she was a hiker she did backpacking like mm-hmm. all of this stuff to then go to right. being wheelchair bound and
0: like if he was also that and that was like their thing yeah. And then suddenly it's, it's really like it's... yeah like i get it they weren't married like yeah. who knows how long been they were together, together for a while yeah
1: Things happen. I'm not going to say he's a dick. It's like no, how things some go, people, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, she said, losing someone that I was that close to, I would say, was more difficult than the limb loss itself. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, she ends up using her arms without the prosthetics more than she uses the prosthetics. Huh. She types on her iPad with her arms. Nice. Like, it's crazy. That's fucking sick. Yeah. I'm about um it. she did go through the emotional process with this. um she said she used to scream and cry a lot at night, just full of questions. Would she ever walk again? Could she live independently? Would she ever date again? and basically lived in like this hole of anxiety for two years? Oh, yeah, um, her dad would always say. You can either have faith or you can have fear in those moments. And she grew up in a Baptist home and religion started to come into it. And she kind of found her, her ground again. That's good. Um, So she started dating. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I'm going to talk about him. Yay. But first we need to talk about Babe the Pig.
0: Hey, those um, <laughs> fits were whiplash. Yeah, no, my neck physically hurts. What have you done? What right. is this?
1: <laughs> she was super vegetarian before surgery. Okay. Like she'd watched the movie Babe as a kid. Oh my God. And that's it. And had stopped eating pork. Oh, honey. And then she watched Food Inc. in college. Oh, that's what I did. And went full vegetarian. Actually, not Food Inc. Food Inc.
0: made me go get McDonald's. (laughs) No, no, it was Food Inc. No, Super Size Me made me go get McDonald's. Food Inc. made me quit meat for two years. (laughs) I feel like that's like a lot of people our age had the experience of like, I saw Food Inc. It wrecked my shop. I eventually was too poor to be vegetarian. And so I stopped. But for a while there. I
1: I read the books. We... Watched the documentaries in school because I had no other choice. I was very traumatized. It's real fucked up. Uh Uh-huh. I went vegetarian for a while, too. Yep. It's Yeah.
0: I feel like a lot of people have, like, a moment,
1: at least. Some people, you know, stick with it. They're killer, but... I'm way too much of a picky eater to go full vegetarian. I... I really wanted to stick with it, and I'm like, I can't.
0: Fair. I also just, like, didn't... I couldn't afford... The fake chicken, chicken nuggets, and that's all I ever wanted to eat. Everything else was terrible, and I didn't know how to cook yet. So I, was just I also like,
1: just—I really like bacon. Uh, bacon is very good, so. is the thing.
0: <laughs> It's—it sucks that pigs are so fucking smart. Yeah, because I don't want them to have a no. shitty life. I no. just want to eat their flesh when they're done <laughs> being alive. <laughs> <It's> not, no. <laughs> all right. So, hey, look. If we're gonna do it, then we need to come to terms with what we're doing. No. <laughs>
1: So she uses her prosthetic super smart hands, yes. which are called myoelectric hands, for when she's cooking, because awesome. she cooks now. Yes, that's so cool. Yep. And that was one of the reasons she actually wanted to move out of her parents' house. She's like, I wanted a big kitchen. I wanted my own kitchen, because I love to cook. That's rad. Um, So with the, sin, the skin grafts that she had to have, and everything she has to do to get in and out of the wheelchair, she needed to start really working out and building her core. And for that, she needed protein. Yeah. Yeah. So meat was just, you gotta. Yeah. So a quote from her is I've just gone full meat and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I've been missing out on bacon all these years. Oh man. Yeah. What a cutie. Yeah. So she moved into her own house with her friend, Esther, and her service dog, Belle. Cute. In Atlanta. They renovated it. Um, and she now uses her house as kind of her home base as she finished her second master's degree. Dad, girl. And was typing up all of her papers on her iPad. Oh, my God. Like, with, with her arms. With her arms. Like punching in No the prosthetics. Dang. <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And a quote from her is it's taken me a really long time to become comfortable with and accept my new body. Um, We are all made with imperfections. There's so much beauty in our flaws. The scars and skin grafting build character. It's not about what you have. What you do with what you have is what really counts. Nice. Yeah, that's really good. So for the romance. (gasps) Yes, please give me that romance. Um a friend talked her into online dating one year. Uh-huh. And she said I had to go through, you know, quite a few people talking to and getting to know different people and that's when I met my current boyfriend. Um his name is Steven. Hello Steven. He's a high school English teacher. Oh my like, god, who? sorry,
0: that's hot. <laughs>
1: Who had, oh. <laughs> who had attended west georgia for his undergrad hey and they had mutual friends dope so she did the thing you know you're supposed to do she went out she got all the dirt oh yeah sure tell me if you shit tell me yeah <laughs> and they clicked Aww. um quote from her he told me that he thinks my body is perfect so to me, that's just what I want to hear—that somebody can accept me despite all that I've been through—and he's amazing. Aww. She would also go on the zip line again. Oh Jesus! Specifically, I would go on that zip line again. Oh, she means that she would, if given the
0: chance. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, because like. Some I feel like there's a difference between them being like would you like to go on to the it's right in front of you would you like to take that literal plunge again
1: I'd be like nah I'm good <laughs> nah. is the thing y'all got some shit in that water yeah. down there Yeah <laughs> And she said at this point I can pretty much take anything there's no news that could match up with we're going to take all your limbs off <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing That's
0: fucking awesome it's so true that it's like it's no tr- I've already heard the craziest thing anyone's ever going to say to me. What you got? Yeah. (laughs) Throw it at me.
1: (laughs) Like, I'm good. That is amazing. She made a foundation, which is something that she really wanted to do while she was in the rehab facility. Um, So it's called the Amy Copeland Foundation. And she has a goal to make a park that's accessible to people with disabilities. Oh, yay. Nice. And... She'd wanted to, even before her accident, use therapy in nature, so to use the outdoors and, like, hiking and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. as as a form of therapy. Um, quote, I remember lying in my hospital bed thinking I can't take people on hikes anymore without legs, and that's why I wanted to create a space that I and others are can use as a garden, hike, and meditate. That's awesome. Yeah and there's if you go to amy copeland foundation i think .org i could look they have a lot of cool things they're doing fundraiser they're a nonprofit they have giveaways for like wheelchair bound people for ramps they do everything like everything therapy development psychological stuff Physical, workout, awesome. yoga. She does yoga. Dang.
0: I'm seeing the website right now. It is the amycopelandfoundation.org, and okay. Amy is spelled
1: A-I-M-E-E. A- yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool looking. Yeah. So on top of that, she also is now a swimmer. Oh, my God. Amy. Jesus woman. This she... woman mo- moves more than I ever have. I know. In a day. Like... I was, like, doing the research, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then I'm like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Right? I'm okay. like, what's
0: my fucking excuse?
1: Like, <laughs>
0: damn it, Amy! <laughs> really killing me!" I literally me right did now. a
1: research, and my coworker's like, "Do you want to join a seven week challenge?"
0: I'm and like, you were like, "Fuck
1: it! I mean, I guess if Amy Copeland can do literally everything, <laughs> I can do this." Not only did she start swimming, she found out she had an actual affinity for it. Oh shit! And started doing competitive swimming. Oh my god. So, she participated in the U.S. Paralympic National Championships. I was
0: literally just going to ask about the Paralympics, dude. Like Because yeah. she should totally do that. that yeah, sounds...
1: she did. Oh, my God. Awesome. In December of this past year, of 2018. Fuck. Fuck yes, Amy. Yes. And she qualified for the national championships in swimming in the 50-meter freestyle, 100-meter freestyle, 200-meter freestyle, and then the 50-meter backstroke. And Speedo actually sponsored her. Oh, very cool. So, um, she said about her swimming, she's like, you never know until you try, so don't be afraid to try. See what else is in the cards and don't give up. You never know what's right around the corner. Um, so she is a member of the swimming team, the Stingrays. Nice. And I couldn't find if she actually qualified for the selection meet in 2019 where they get chosen for the world championships. Um... In Shit. Lima, Peru. Ooh, dag. Okay. So she based second in literally all of the categories. Oh really? She came in second. Wow. In everything. That's you're it's pretty
0: damn have, good. Yeah, people have specialties in swimming, like specialty yeah. strokes. So the fact yeah. that she's coming in second in every stroke.
1: Two like... different freestyles. Um the hundred and the two hundred meter freestyle the 50 and the hundred meter backstroke. And then she also did the 50 meter freestyle. Like, wow.
0: cause those are all very different. Some yeah. Of and are stro- each of those
1: like, were like, a, each of the freestyles are usually a different stroke. Right. Usually.
0: Yeah. Because like if you're doing and a you sprint kind of, versus yeah, a longer yeah. thing, you get to decide what yep. you're
1: doing. That's really
0: cool.
1: Yeah. She's awesome. So final quote from Amy, mm-hmm. people want to feel sorry for me, but I have an awesome life. I've learned to be grateful for the pain because it has helped me grow. I completely trust in the universe now. So much has been taken away from me. What do I have to fear? Fuck.
0: Yes. Amy. Copeland. That's awesome.
1: Good for her. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I felt this was a better message to go out on than the tsunami wave from the 1950s where the dad told his son to get a life preserver which was really slang for scotch in the 50s so (laughs) wait yeah so he says to his son get a life preserver
0: but he really means go get the scotch we're gonna die like (laughs) yeah that's yeah. stupid as fuck and i yeah. love it <laughs> i felt this was you know what i'm a little more positive i'm happy you did amy too that is very positive yeah. um i want her to meet and i actually don't even remember if this guy was your survivor but remember when we did i think it was oops all gin and we <laughs> you did crocodiles mm. the guy who got his like leg bin he had like the funniest shit to say It was the hippo the hippo that's what it was Thank it was you. the
1: hippo. The hippo, yeah. Yeah. We like, he
0: had the funniest stuff to say about having yeah. his leg removed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, amputees sometimes just are, like, the coolest people with the chillest Seriously. dispositions <laughs> who are just, like, nothing nothing crazier could ever happen to me than what just Lock happened. It. So, yeah, I'm going to kill the rest of my life. I'm going to just, like, wreck it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, good for you, Amy. Yeah. And, Stanley, I'm glad you survived, even if you are a lovable curmudgeon. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, survivors come in all shapes and forms, I think, is the lesson of this one.
1: Also, the other lesson is don't stand on active volcanoes. Stop doing that. Don't (laughs) go into still water or creeks with open wounds. Definitely stop doing that. Don't um, take your boat on a fucking giant ass mega tsunami wave.
0: Maybe one day we'll actually do that one because I swear to God we've talked about it multiple times but we never do it because we're both too afraid of it. There's just like
1: not a lot of information on it. Yeah. There's, it's like, It was from the 50s. Right. Well,
0: there's like a cracked thing yeah, about it yeah. and then like that's as much information as you're going to find Basically. is what they put in there. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it kind of sucks. Go look it up. The cracked it's articles cool. are always funny. There's pictures of like a wave next to an Empire State Building if you want to have a heart attack staring yeah. at it. If you just want
0: to um, or you know. Like, always, just go watch that one part of Interstellar. I know you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And then you can get an idea of what that guy had to deal with, I guess. So, yeah. um, I guess we'll be back at you with a true crimey. Yeah. uh, In a couple of weeks. Some good, good murder talk. Fuck yeah, murder. Or... We haven't done cults in a while. Ooh, we haven't done cults in a while. I was just thinking about like how we haven't done cults in a while. (laughs) Um, so yeah, maybe we'll come at you with that. We do have another
1: cult to talk about. I always have another cult to talk about. I mean, mean, cults cults are super
0: fun and great, so Uh, I mean that's one way to look at it. (laughs) For us. For us, (laughs) asterisk, for us. (laughs) And um, I guess otherwise, like happy twenty nineteen, Emily. I'm what? watching you. <laughs> what? I don't I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I, happy 2019. Like maybe you say it back to me or something. Okay, fine. Happy 2019. Now I got a dip dip potato chip. Okay. Well, <laughs> all
0: right. Okay. So, okay. All right, Emily. Okay. So, don't forget your can of water Fuck though. Thank you. <laughs>